I'm Chad Rathermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Man is the warmest place to hide. Today, we're going to be talking about Carrion, which was a game that was developed by Phobia Game Studio, published by Devolver Digital, and re- was released in 2020 on Linux, Mac OS, Windows, Switch, and Xbox One. And then in 2021 on the PS4. A little late on that one. Yeah, it's weird that PS4 <laughs> is the odd one out for this one, because mm-hmm. it's usually like Xbox or Mac or something. Yeah. Or Switch, like, yeah. because it got ported 10 years later. <laughs> yep. Uh, but first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. So, Carrion is a... Uh, <laughs> a reverse horror game. A reverse horror game, which is the name... It's the sweet marketing phrase that you would use to describe this. If I'm talking about genre, I almost want to just call this a Metroidvania but it is, like, the lightest Metroidvania. Yeah. I almost kind of wanted to compare it to, like, Celeste, where it feels like each screen is kind of like its own individual level, mm-hmm. in a way. Like, it does feel Metroidvania light. Yes. Yeah, it if is. If you want a hair split. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is it's one of those good games that, that makes you think about genre and how maybe they aren't as informative as maybe they <laughs> you think they are. Uh, the subgenre of horror is also a subgenre <laughs> of Metroidvania. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the, the as far as like the Metroidvania elements of this game are going to be very like high level, you can go back to other levels and use abilities that you picked up in other levels to make different kinds of progress on the earlier ones but the game rarely requires you to do that and it does feel like it's mostly a forward progression yeah i feel like the level design has to be like really on point in a Mm. way that's maybe a little bit hard to appreciate while playing because like i felt like i was never lost it was like maybe one time i didn't know where to go yeah that's the that's the key is that there are like some stumbling blocks and when they hit them is when you really feel awkward in the game but when you're not noticing it you just kind of go through and you're like oh hey i found myself on the right path eventually and so the game is this balancing act of being like open enough that it feels like you're doing real wandering and like figuring out what's happening and then also guided enough that subconsciously you are going in the right direction and if that ever breaks down then it's kind of hard to get back on track yeah i would like finish an area and be like i wonder where to go next and then i would just stumble across like a new portal thingy Mm -hmm. and it would be like oh here we go and then it would just be the right place to be Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was pretty cool and i think it really complements the movement mechanics yes uh, which is like i think the big selling point or like interesting thing about the game is you play as a big blob (laughs) uh, an amorphous pile of mouths and eyes and stuff with tentacles Mm -hmm. uh and it it's hard to express like because it feels like it controls like perfectly or appropriately Uh uh-huh but it's a thing that doesn't really exist i just feel like it's really fine-tuned and feels like it controls the way it feels like it's supposed to and like it has like really great momentum 
and it feels good to move around. So yeah, you're right that it does really stand out when you don't know where to go. Yeah, because you're usually just constantly moving. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. The I would want to say that the movement in this game is a joy. Uh, because that's like a pithy thing that people like to say and put on the back of the box. Uh-huh. It isn't all the time. I think that it creates some awkward moments, and it's. I believe that they're engineered to be this way. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of like intentional sloppiness, mm-hmm. like, but I feel like that plays into it and makes sense, at least in my head. Like the tentacle will be floppy and imprecise, and the bigger you get, yes, the harder it is to kind of move back and forth appropriately. Yeah, and it's hard to like get into small spaces, even though you are kind of like you are very capable of doing it. But it is you have to like give yourself time to really mash the whole of your body into a space. Yeah. Ooh, tight squeeze. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very cool. Um, and while I do think it's like, it's hard to describe the movement because the game is set in largely vertical areas, like things that you have to climb up, but your character can effectively move as if it was a top-down game and you were walking up the walls. Yeah, you're kind of like an octopus or something. You can just kind of scurry up the walls and stuff. Yeah, and it doesn't really impede your movement at all like in any way (laughs) to be going against gravity Mm -hmm. uh and that's kind of like the key thing about the movement in the game or at least not the movement but the navigation because you are just like anywhere that's open is available to you uh pretty much whenever yeah no double jumps to get here (laughs) yeah uh and it, it makes the the like just like the grotesqueness of this horrible blob that you're playing as come across because like the reason that you can do that is because everything is pretty cramped and so you're moving up walls and you can imagine the creature latching onto the walls and like pulling itself up and getting onto ledges and stuff Mm -hmm. squeezing through those vents and squeezing through vents and crawling up elevator shafts Mm -hmm. uh which makes it triply funny. I'm going past doubly. <laughs> it's hysterical when you just decide to take an elevator, like actually, because you just cram the whole thing like into this little square and then reach out and pull a lever and then it goes up. Yeah. I had never even considered doing that personally. And I was like watching a review earlier today uh, and someone did that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That that it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's 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 really amusing because especially you can get like part of you stuck outside and it kind of like drags behind and you'll like slurp it back in eventually. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yeah. I enjoy it. Your your character is almost like a liquid where it can just like kind of <laughs> fill into any kind of uh, container. Yeah, just disperse itself. If somebody described this game as fluid, there's like an <laughs> an equal chance that they mean easy to control or like dynamics, like fluid yes. dynamics. <laughs> um Yeah, okay. So what do, what do you do in the game? Uh so it it, it revolves a lot around like what it says on the box you get to be the monster right and Mm -hmm. so you you are trying to escape this facility and so it it involves a lot of killing uh (laughs) at first i was like 
I'm going to like, because this is a game made now, try and not kill people when I don't have to. It was like the first thing that I thought. And uh-huh. then quickly realized like, oh no, you had to eat people to grow. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to have like a pacifist ending. No. Uh, so that, I quickly learned that. Um, and so you have, yeah, you deal with a lot of like killing people when they're around uh, to grow bigger or to, so they don't kill you. Um, and then there's also a lot of puzzle solving. Yes. Uh, you get um, upgrades as you go along, mutations. And uh, one of my favorite things is that you're able to deposit biomass in like this pink, goopy liquid. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you, you can only use certain abilities when you're a certain size. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like switching back and forth. And it, it, the older, like the abilities you get early don't get like left behind or forgotten like you have to keep using them throughout yeah it's great because of that like the the risk reward payoff being a giant monster you would think that you would be pretty unstoppable Mm -hmm. but you were very stoppable (laughs) it's very easy to be stopped in this game by things like bullets and especially fire Mm -hmm. uh and so the the fact that there's this like the puzzle solving element where you have to drop off parts of your body in order to like be able to use certain abilities and then usually having the ability to then go back and repick up the stuff means that you are trading your ability to do a thing for health mm-hmm. so the like Kind of, not like necessarily on a perfect sliding scale, but the combat gets easier the bigger you are, but it is much harder to navigate and get around obstacles. And you're a bigger target as well. (laughs) Which, you know, can help make you smaller again (laughs) in time. Uh Uh-huh. The thing that I want to shout out about this and the combat part of it, um, because the combat plays very similarly to the puzzles, and we can probably just lump that together mm-hmm. into one conversation. Um, the It makes the combat feel like that old sci-fi movie version of an alien monster, where somebody shoots at it, and it hides in the dark, and you don't know where it is, and then it attacks very fast kills somebody and then by, immediately goes back into hiding by reaching a long tentacle out to grab you from across the room <laughs> yeah so you get a lot of that in this game where uh you'll be like in a room and there will be like an area underground and then you pop out of a vent and just grab a dude and pull him back down it's very satisfying yeah it's great and the the mechanics force you to do that the game doesn't tell you to do it it's just if you don't, you will be shot to Yeah, death. <laughs> guns are very effective against you. And if you get shot in the tentacles, it hurts you. Yeah. Which is not necessarily how you think it would work at, at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you can get, like, mowed down pretty quick uh, <laughs> if you don't know what's going on uh, early, early game. It's also hard to tell what's going on when you are being mowed down <laughs> because it tends to be this, like, very uh hectic like you pop out and do your scary monster noise uh and which is actually a button in the game to do a scary monster noise that's not what i meant but you could do that (laughs) if you wanted to really immerse yourself and then like you fly over the room and like pick a dude up on the way and you just see bullets and then like parts of you are like evaporating off (laughs) 
it's like it's it's incredibly hard when you're in the thick of things to make out what is going on mm-hmm. which is kind of good i don't no, I don't yeah, know. it feels appropriately chaotic like it it makes it feel like what is happening like <laughs> these people are being attacked and they're like fighting for their lives to kill you first mm-hmm. uh but the deck is stacked against them um in a lot of scenarios <laughs> and, then, and then sometimes there's giant walking robots <laughs> um <laughs> They should have increased the budget for giant walking robots. That's true. Um, the hubris of man. Yeah, but I just, I really like how when you start out, the focus is on like grow larger. Mm-hmm. And then once that you can, you get into this mindset of like get bigger, get bigger, get bigger, bigger equals better. Um, and then I like how that's like kind of when it introduces like the, oh, you get like the invisibility thing and then go through lasers. So you have to deposit your stuff. Like the, um, I feel like it has, like, a really smooth difficulty curve. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I would argue that the game has a really smooth difficulty curve up until the very end, which, if you're going to have a difficulty spike, I guess that's where it should be. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, the game feels so satisfying to play, uh, and I feel like it hits that difficulty curve just right. And then, yeah, like, right up towards the end, it, I feel like there was, like, one particular room where it, like, spiked uh, really hard. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, I guess it depends, because I think we talked about this briefly. Um, I didn't hit much of a hiccup in the spot, that, that room that you're talking about, mm-hmm. though I did replay um, a number of the sections after you get the um, the the powered ability um, like that you have to get electricity for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the largest form is like a shield, and its practical purpose is largely just to to not die from being stuck with bombs. Yeah. Though you can use it as an actual shield. It will last all of one yeah. half second, but you can do it. Um, and I had to retry a lot of those things multiple times because the puzzle requires you to put yourself in a state where you can die in one hit. Right. Um, but I don't, I guess that counts as being difficult, but that's not really how I saw it. It was more like this particular thing just requires, like some of the other puzzles took multiple tries. They just didn't kill me. (laughs) Uh, for me, it was like pretty smooth all the way through the game until the last segment in the jungle area Mm. and then that was just like everything was the hardest form of what it had been up till then yeah and just right in a row and it took me a minute to get to one that had a checkpoint nearby so i kept having to start back in the basement yeah and that fucking sucked uh and i was very frustrated by it i thought that the ending was like almost kind of weak because the where i was feeling like very high on it going into that immediately just having to repeat the same rooms over and over again with these like the drones and the robots and everything i'm like i'm kind of i don't want to do this anymore yeah yeah It, it almost feels like an older game in that way like where there's just like that end game difficulty spike mm-hmm. um yeah it does kind of like for a modern game it really stands out yeah, for sure. No, it, it left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth as well, uh, but that might just be combined with my uh, less free time I have now. <laughs> Made it seem worse. Yeah, that could be. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't I don't want to like hold it against it too much though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like if you took the overall look on this game, like this game has a very cool idea and I think that it executes on it really well, but the idea only lasts about 3 quarters of the game and then you're used to it. And it doesn't, it's not like as shocking as it is in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you have a moment of like, like there's a part of the game you have to push through based solely on its, its mechanics. And as they're hitting their hardest point, it's a lot harder to just like really get involved in them yeah i was intrigued by like actually escaping mm-hmm. i think maybe that's what they want you like to be your motivation at that point um but yeah i don't know maybe they could have done a little bit more to like make that seem more exciting i yes. guess um it from moment then like the moment to moment gameplay like more false exits that you can't quite get through or yeah. something i think the problem is to me anyway is that the enemies that are fun to fight tend to be the human enemies where they require like a type of approach and then you execute that approach and then the encounter with that enemy is over mm-hmm. and maybe there will be multiple enemies and you have to do it in different ways and the but the difficult combat in the game is with machines because they have very specific weak points mm-hmm. that you have to actively target and just throw humans into them. Yeah. Probably <laughs> my favorite way to kill drones. Yeah, you can do that as well. Um, but the, by the end of the game, they're just sort of like, well, we need to make this hard. And I think the more interesting way to do it is just be to put a lot of people, but instead they kind of did a mix, which mm-hmm. I think makes sense on paper. But it doesn't translate into having a grand time. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree. But I could also be bad. Like, that's yeah. also a full <laughs> possibility. Um, I will say that I played the DLC for this game, which is like a 30-minute like bonus level yeah. that's Christmas-themed, so they put Christmas oh, lights yeah. on. Oh, yeah. It's right on the main menu, but I somehow like completely forgot that it existed. <laughs> it's impossible to get to. Like, once you start the game as Carrion, you have to close the game entirely and reopen uh, it to get to the DLC, which is a weird choice, but, like, maybe it's a launcher thing, and that's just how they had to do it. Yeah, that I mean, that would be more of a natural occurrence on PC, I guess, Yeah, and rather than it would be on console. But when you play that, it seems more like they put a lot of people in. Like, I think there were, Mm. like, two of the walking robots in the whole thing. Yeah, well, it being Christmas-themed does make it seem like it's supposed to be, like, yeah, just go fucking hog wild. (laughs) It had really interesting combat, though. And it also had... I don't remember if these were in the main game. Were there guys with shotguns? Not that I recall. Okay. Then that may have been a new enemy type they put in there. Um, And they were cool. Uh, they also worked. They just work like the regular shield guys with assault rifles, mm. but they had, they took longer to deal with because right. they're bigger and they have a shotgun. So, yep, they. I I think that that was my that's my proof of concept that I think fighting dudes is more fun because I had a lot of fun with that mm-hmm. DLC and less fun with the last like hour of the main game. Right. Uh, so. When it comes to the puzzle mechanics, um, I I want to just shout out 
uh, that I feel like it was really unintuitive, uh, the difference between, like, the push and the pull move. Mm-hmm. Um, you have these, like, little, like, metal stopper things uh, that you come up against, and some of them, like, depending on which uh, side you approach it from, you either have to, like, ram it yes, or pull it out, mm-hmm. and, like, it, which you can only do if you're smaller, the pull move and the push move when you're bigger. And I found that to be, like, hard to remember that they like did different things yeah the the little plugs whatever they are they don't read well at all like i thought i could pull them out when i first encountered them and then later realized that you could smash them out and like i don't think i realized until after like i had come by one and then was lost in an area for a while and then came back to it and tried to smash it out yeah, it's one of those Metroidvania setups where you come across one before you can do anything with it. Yeah. and uh, But you get the pull ability so quickly after the mechanic is introduced that it now is, it really is just like a, just try it, I guess, mm-hmm. on every one. Because I'm not going to remember which end I'm supposed to be on to do each one. Yeah. I believe it is the smaller end you push and the larger Yeah, it depends on like the gap. Like, if it's, like, a larger space on the other side, you can push it. But if it's a larger space on this side, you can pull it. Right. Uh, I think. But, yeah, it's just the visual cues are not very strong. Yeah. So, yeah, I also never really remembered it and would just try whatever I Mm. had on me and then have to go back and get... Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's, like, easy to think, like, oh, I need to approach this from the other side and then walk away from it. But really, you just had to, like, get smaller and pull it. Right. Uh, so a little little a snag there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did also want to talk about a good one is the uh, the possession ability. Yes, which I don't consider a puzzle solving ability, even mm, it's though it's a it combat is. ability. It yeah. is it is like my favorite combat ability. Yeah, like I ended up not using it too much because I felt like it was usually like appropriately more difficult to like initiate. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I did use it, you know, when appropriate, when I felt appropriate and enjoyed it a whole lot. Yeah. It's incredibly funny to me that they it was they gave it to you and then we're just like this is just an option you have from here on out and I wanted to abuse the shit out of mm-hmm. it. It's just that kind of a mechanic where you feel like this doesn't feel like it is the intended solution, so you yeah. just want to mess with it. It it cuz you're so used to just like blasting things with tentacles and smashing uh-huh. into stuff with your mass um <laughs> that you don't think to use it at first like you like to oh i have to possess a different thing mm-hmm. and then use that to my bidding to like pull a lever or whatever so yeah it does take a minute or at least it did for me for that to like click into place and for me to like remember to use it mm-hmm. yeah and it, because of it, it it also like it was a big thing for, like, explaining things in the environment for me as well, because I knew there were several, like, times I would come across something and be like, I don't know how to deal with that. And the game gives you... <laughs> the environment is surprisingly complicated, because you have, like, metal panels that you can pull out. Wood has to be charged through. Yeah, that was a little weak. Yeah, and all these other things, but then there were these, like, grates that you could stick your arms through, but mm. you couldn't go through them, and nothing you did would remove you them. You could shoot the web through it? Yeah, you could shoot a web through it. Uh, there were, like, 
ways to interact with it, but you could never pass it. Yeah, unless you were underwater. Yeah, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. And or so, you turn into spaghetti? Man. Or Play-Doh. Did you ever be in the water with that ability with one health? I, almost certainly, and you're just like one noodle. Yeah, it's like impossible. You just get, you lose the character <laughs> on screen. You're like, <laughs> I just let Jesus take the wheel on that one. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where I am. Like you put meatloaf through like one of those spaghetti Play-Doh makers. Yes. So That's re- what you look like. <laughs> Real meatloaf. The fake grinder. Yeah. That makes yeah, a the single grinder. smooth yeah. noodle. You know, the real version of the Play-Doh spaghetti maker. A meat grinder. <laughs> yes. It's weird that they sold our children meat grinder toys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, so so once I got the possession ability, it was, it was amusing to me to go back and realize, like, oh, I can just, like, grab a dude through this vent. And then have him do shit mm-hmm. on the other side for me. Yeah. I also like that you could drown people as like a way to deal with them. Like you could either just grab them and pull them into the water, mm-hmm. or you could yet yeah, possess them and just make them walk what? into it. It, it. Little things like that are are fun fun details. Yeah, and you can warp to people. Like if they aren't oh, yeah. the big dudes, you can you can jump in and then pull yourself all the way into them and they explode and then you just that's where you live now um and then even further to that the fucking uh the big guys who don't you can't eat they can be possessed as corpses which Mm -hmm. so like they could regular people not no because they become parts Mm. unfortunately okay (laughs) um yeah, like that felt like the um the fact that you could warp to a person felt like it had a lot of untapped puzzle potential. Yeah. Like you only really need to do that like twice. Yep. That's I was actually trying to count through in my head and 2 was also the number <laughs> I came to. So I think that is right. Yeah. So, you know, carry in 2. <laughs> two you more like carry in 2 times you have to do Whoa. that. Got him. <laughs> Zing. Yeah, Carrion 2 should just take place entirely in a single pipe <laughs> that you can't leave. <laughs> you just have to uh, go grab people and have them do things. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're in a control center. Yeah. <laughs> you are pulling. You pull so many levers. Mm-hmm. The Carrion Five Nights at Freddy's mashup game <laughs> is like the easy mode for that one. Uh, so you want to talk about the little frame story? Sure, sort of. Because uh, you have this, like, um, these little computer stations. I don't know what they are. <laughs> they look like the Death Star, like, Receptacle. viewing port mm. thing. From <laughs> so like... they have Death Star viewing ports <laughs> uh, in this facility, and you can, like, squeeze into them, and then you can view um, these memories, as they turn out to be, um, of a guy... Like, arriving at this facility and, like, venturing down uh, into the abandoned lab, um, you know, with, like, a little group at first, and then it becomes just him eventually. But, like, it's, like, and it ends up being you in the end. Like, it's not amazing or anything, but I found it to be, like, it added a lot of atmosphere and intrigue and was, like, an interesting twist because, like, it was the kind of game where I wasn't, like, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I didn't see it coming. Um, 
and I don't know. I just feel like it really like it's very simple, but it, I feel like it added like a lot to the game, at least for me. Yeah, this is one of those games that I played a lot of when I was just sort of like awake at four in the morning or whatever. And I do remember being in one of those states where I was just there was nothing happening and it's just very dim light. There's nothing really going on. I'm sitting there and he gets shot and turns into the monster. And I just, I just kind of gave one of those like, Oh wow. <laughs> Cause like, like you were stoned. Yeah. Like I didn't even think for a second that the sto- that that was going to turn into anything. Oh yeah. Like I was like, I okay, would... that's just like two characters. Yeah. I thought it was something would happen, but I didn't really think about it. Yeah. yeah it was weird. I, I think the game kind of puts you in that mindset. In that stoned mindset yeah. where you're just tearing through stuff. Yeah, I think it ends up being really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like, um, to lead into another thing, um, the the pixel art yeah. of the game. Uh, like, and when you play as the human, I think like, like the camera zooms out more. And it feels like almost like another world or something. Like the way the, uh, like the size of the sprites and the detail of everything. Um, how like heavy you feel. Yeah. Um, weird ladder physics aside um where you get to the top of it and you just kind of shimmy yeah um but yeah i just think it was really cool and um especially like the parts like you already called out earlier uh, but like the overgrown jungly part of the facility look really cool like it just has a nice like polish to it yeah it's it's one of those games that is set in a facility where you they're just certain unattractive aesthetic environmental aspects that are just inherent with the setting yeah and this game does like everything it possibly can to make it look more interesting and i think it succeeds yeah like i'll be first in fucking line to complain (laughs) about oh it's another video game that could look like anything and be really cool but it's in like a gray facility or in a military base or something boring but like this game, it, the setting's appropriate, and they go the extra mile to make it look cool. Yeah. And I applaud their efforts. Yeah, no, and not only that, but, like, this is uh, <laughs> this is one of those things where when you do say, like, oh, they have a video game and they can put it anywhere, one of the things that video games don't do very often is make your character uh, 17 gallons of human sludge. Yeah, it is actually really significant that you don't play as a human or humanoid creature. Yeah, or a quadruped or anything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty blob. rare, yeah. Uh, and yeah, because of that kind of thing, it's like it's, it makes, it forces an interesting perspective on every other part of the game. So even when things are squares in a gray building, it is cool because you get to sort of squirm your way through it in a way that you wouldn't in any other game Mm -hmm. also i just kind of like the design of the monster yeah yeah it's very distinct Mm -hmm. um it's i did i just talked about uh square facilities um but it it made me think of of portal where it's like when you first start playing the game you do have to like adjust your like thinking you got to get thinking with tentacles. <laughs> um, yeah, it does take you a minute to wrap your mind around it, which is a, an experience that I always try to cherish nowadays when most games, like, you pick them up and you know exactly what to expect. Like, I always like to uh, 
encounter games that throw me a curveball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to, to touch back a little bit on the genre talk at the beginning of this, like, genres are largely used nowadays as, like, a way of... Uh, like a template? Yeah, like, you teach the player how to play a first-person shooter one time, and they will have an idea of how to begin playing a first-person shooter that's new. Uh, it's just something that you pick up and you kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. And there isn't really a game that you could play that would prepare you for this. And one of my complaints that I had when I first started was it feels like there are too many buttons for me to press. Mm. And that isn't true. It's just that I didn't know what buttons I was supposed to be pressing because I haven't played a game that plays like this. Yeah. Uh and then also I had played Metroid Dread between the first time I played this and this time. Yeah, that, and that game that got help. even more buttons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Carrion's fucking easy in comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it was interesting uh, to pick it up and, and start playing. And the aesthetics, I think, help with your understanding of how to play as well. Because you see the big the big monster and you want to steamroll over a scientist mm-hmm. that's like the number that's your checklist has one item and that's it you got anything else um tentatively did you find it hard to get out of the first area like figure out how to leave containment um I don't remember, so I'm going to say no. Uh, me neither. It was real easy. <laughs> I definitely didn't take four minutes trying to like figure out what I was supposed to do. What do you have to do? Well, I can't remember now either, okay. but I remember it being frustrating. Huh. You like first get out, and then you have like three rooms you can go into, mm-hmm. and there's a way out in one of them, but uh. I couldn't figure out how to <laughs> <Okay>. do it. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. But, I mean, that's what I would say if I didn't ace it <laughs> on the first try. First try. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> do we have fetid thoughts? Uh, my fetid thoughts um, are that this game's really cool. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about next time? <laughs> but um, I, just, I remember seeing someone talk about this on youtube or whatever you know Mm -hmm. the classic occurrence um and thinking that it looked really interesting you know for a lot of the reasons we talked about like you play as like a blob monster you play as the monster in the horror movie right and you you rampage through a facility i'm like that looks interesting um but the back of my mind i was like oh is this gonna be like a edgy try to gross you out game like i felt like it could skew kind of lame um, but it was being talked about positively, so I figured that probably wasn't the case, and we should just play it. Um, and I was not disappointed. Um, this is actually surprisingly well made, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, the level design, I feel like, is, like, sneakily really great, um, and leads you along to where you need to go really well. I think a lot of the puzzle design is clever. Like, it's just complex enough for how long the game is. Um, like, it just, it feels like in that kind of sense, like everything feels really finely tuned around like how long the game is and what the game's goals are. Like, I think it's very well executed and it is unique and yeah, just like a really satisfying, cool time. Um, and it even has like a, a satisfying little story in there. Uh, it's a little cherry on top. Um, so yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, was not disappointed. 
Yeah. Um, I would not say that I loved this game, but I did enjoy it. I did, I would say, like it a good bit. Uh, it's, it's something that to me has, I mean, you look at the games that we've played this Halloween and it, it does make a case that this statement doesn't mean a whole lot, (laughs) but it has a very strong idea. And I feel like that's kind of we we do these games b- because they have strong ideas a mm-hmm. lot of times, and because Devolver Digital published them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this uh, in this particular instance, I feel like the idea is, is so very strong that it influenced the game design, and it feels supernatural at <laughs> how like uh, how well the two things go together it is a game about you trying to escape from a a facility yes but the actions you take are dictated by almost like an instinctual feeling of what to do when you are a blob monster and i have to commend the game for putting me in that headspace because it isn't something i would normally expect it definitely taps into something yeah (laughs) um but yeah, so I, I did. I like this game. I like looking at this game. I like listening to this game. Uh, it is definitely a, a, a Halloween game, even though we debated that a little bit as to like a, a reverse horror game. Is that like too power fantasy to be considered like an actual horror game? But no, it is. It is like a fun '80s horror movie. And it pulls it off with a surprising amount of aplomb. So, big, big ups to Karen. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about the procession to cavalry. Did I say all the correct words that time? It sounded right to me. Sick. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the game it looks like an absurd adventure game, mm-hmm. uh, which is right up our alley, of course. Uh, but it, it also kind of looks like very Dada-influenced, or to the layperson, like a Monty Python animation. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it looks really weird and cool, and you told me about it, so you might have more to say about it. But I'm looking forward to going in blind. Yeah, no, I also know very little to nothing about it other than they animated Renaissance paintings to, to mm-hmm. create a lot of the art. Cut them out, mm-hmm. mess them up. <laughs> That's Dadaism. <laughs> that was actually Dadaism slogan <laughs> that, that I'll probably <laughs> use as the, the start of the next episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we... Uh, uh, are recording this uh, at the very Halloween hour of like eleven thirty at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna wrap this up. However, I hope everybody had a very spooky Halloween. Ooh. And until next Halloween, until the witching hour, you can find all of our contact information at www.noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro that you can find links to our email, to our Twitter account, uh, to the YouTube where you can watch all of our old episodes, including one fucking million different (laughs) games that we did for Halloween over the last six years. We've got that fat horror playlist. Uh, And I guess more on the Metroidvania side, talking about Metroid Fusion, 
also has blobs in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play Hol- Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. It's got blobby insects. Sure does. And you can play inside, but I don't know why yet. Just kind of like mm. an idea that yeah. I, I had. That would be a cool game to it, play if you like this one. Inside would be cool. I almost uh, brought it up. Yeah, play Inside. It's a fun game mm-hmm. for cool people. And nothing unexpected <laughs> happens in it. <laughs> um, bye. Smash that like button. Smash it. <laughs> with a big tentacle from the shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, deposit your biomass in the comments section. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Oakley Pie this week. Uh-huh.